Hey there, I'm your host, Justin Owens, and this is the Can't Stop Moving Podcast, a deep dive into the life, experiences, and businesses of my very own grandfather, Gary Owens. Each episode, we discuss a different segment of his life or a particular business. He was doing so many different things at the same time, it was really difficult to go in chronological order. So you'll discover quickly that we go off on tangents and down random rabbit holes, but bear with us as I figure out how to interview someone I've known my entire life and attempt to tease out stories I've heard for the better part of 30 years. You know, I think of all the, even with growing up and hearing all these stories and experiences that you've had, the strangest experience or the, you know, the one where it really kind of hit me was, uh, with how, I don't know, maybe not how big you were, or how well known you were was, uh, after one of your battery replacement surgeries for your Parkinson's device. And, uh, at the hospital, they're wheeling you out in the wheelchair, uh, post-op and, Someone just, I think one of the nurses walking by did a double take of you and leaned into me and was like, is that Gary Owens? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Do you know him? Like, do you want to say hi? And she was like, well, no, I don't know him, but everybody knows Gary Owens. (laughs) I was like, really? (laughs) I'd say the same thing. I don't know. I mean, it's funny because you. I've a lot of people in Spokane too that. Eight drive-ins, 10, 12 drive-ins, and I was gonna China say, South and the World Fair. And- well, I had friends in high school whose parents worked at the Orange Julius's, I think. And, a year uh, or two ago, some girl comes out, talks to me about something, I forget what it was. And her grandmother and her mother were down at the barn, and she said, my grandmother worked for you as a car hop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and I mean you were you were in the newspaper pretty consistently for a while after Expo, right? Yeah, during the lawsuit with saying beer, cans and bottles. Oh. I was thinking more for the development of Riverfront Park oh, after yeah. Expo. Because you, yeah, that, that you were was, kind of at odds with the parks department. Afterwards, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, funny because they had, didn't they ask you to come in and? Oh, uh, before the fair came in, uh, Wayne Guthrie was running for mayor and Doc Luther was his best friend and Doc Luther was a partner of mine in real estate. So the fair is going to come and, and Doc said, well, why don't you? Wayne Guthrie said, why don't you have Gary come have a booth in this? And I said, I didn't want to deal with the city. So they kept hounding me, wanting me to do it. And I kept refusing. So finally they came out to the farm and said, Doc Luther did, said, Wayne really wants you to come in on this deal. And so there's a lot of companies applying like Sega Foods that has colleges and 
and uh, the ones at Hanley Airlines and you know, huge companies. So I go, they said, this is to develop the park after the fair. Mm-hmm. They said, come up with a plan and you put from zero, we're going to guide you to nothing. You're going to tell us what you would do if you took over the fairgrounds. Big task. Yeah. And I said, well, how much? They said, you'd propose that too. It's your, your, your proposal. So I think a fair deal would be 12%, 6% on the restaurant. I'd build a restaurant, Charlie Russell's restaurant, I figured. And I went to the Charlie Russell Museum in Montana and, they were happy to see me do this, and they would sell me the Charlie Russell prints. So Char- Charlie Russell was a famous Western-style painter. Style painter, yeah. And I could buy the stuff from the museum and sell it in the souvenir shop. And so in in the pavilion, the U.S. pavilion at Riverfront Park, um, before the remodel, your restaurant occupied the space where there was like a little food court and the ice skate uh, rental. And then they had like a little uh, souvenir shop and next mine. to it. Yeah. That West old Western style. Yeah. Western was, town. Yeah. Made out of cedar with a fireproof paint on it. So it couldn't burn. We tried different fire retardants. So on the Florida where the, in the U.S. Pavilion, I'd light bonfires, try different woods and paints. Some of the wood would burn the cement floor. And some of the one we chose just wrinkled up. Interesting. Blistered. Mm-hmm. But it kept the wood from burning. Wow. So I built it out of cedar. It's the easiest wood in the world to burn. But it was beautiful. And it was a steakhouse, right? Ultimately, the Charlie Russell restaurant. Yeah. It was a full menu, waitresses and cocktail lounge upstairs. We built a bar. Didn't the Parks Department want a bar? Yeah, they asked for a bar, so I built a bar, a beautiful bar. And then somebody pointed out that it's against the law for sell liquor in a city building in a city park yeah city park and they change that and then sell liquor now yeah i noticed when they opened up their restaurant in the remodel of riverfront park that they were selling beer out of the concession and i thought wow i guess they made an exception for themselves yeah they did (laughs) um but the charlie russell restaurant and uh you had the permission from the charlie russell museum to use prints, but didn't you commission some huge tapestries? Yeah. Some guy comes by. I, I forget how I got a hold of him. He had painted a side on a horse trailer for me. I get a hold of him and. Uh, the well, pavilion, I guess that would uh, qualify you to <laughs> the, recreate Charlie Russell's work. The, the pavilion <laughs> has every 24 feet, they got a big cement truss. It goes up to a point. And they used to have a tent on there, a white tent during the fair. Then later it deteriorated, and they took it off and just left lights on those cables to accent the roof line. So, what was I going to say? 
we were talking about the painter that did the oh, tapestries. So in between these three big trusses, the restaurant was 30, 40 feet from wall to wall without the kitchen. So there's three big trusses with 24-foot vacancies between, spaces between them. So I hired this guy to make three murals. One was Charlie Russell and his friends, and it showed Charlie Russell riding up with his friends in, in behind him. Another one was the wagon boss. Showed the lead guy on a horse in the wagon train coming up the valley behind him. And the third one was when Lewis and Clark met the Indians, I think. I thought it was like a uh, one depicting a cattle drive with the Indians telling them the cost oh. to pass. Yeah. Yeah. It, the Indians would meet the cattle drovers and they'd hold up one finger saying $1 ahead and you won't have trouble crossing the Indian territory. So I comes in one day, and here's a painting, this Indians holding up his middle finger, big as life. Probably not how uh, Charlie Russell originally painted it. No. <laughs> so I said, I said, that's real funny. Now change it. <laughs> the, guy, the guy could hardly wait for me to come in and see that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. How long did you run the restaurant in the pavilion? I think we ran eight and a half years. In the city, I borrowed the money from the bank and uh, the loan just had a couple of years left on it, and I sold it to the city for a million two, no, a million one hundred fifty thousand, a million fifty thousand equipment and the contract. I had a twenty-year contract and I ran it eight and a half years. The city thought they could do better. We were making the bank payment and making the uh, rent payment and everything. Yeah, never, never late on a rent payment. So the city thought they could do it better, and they made me an offer, million fifty thousand. So I sells out, and they had Longhorn come in and do part of it. And Longhorn would, didn't pay him any rent; wouldn't pay the rent. They oversold it to the Longhorn, so they just didn't pay any rent. Hmm. So the city ran it, and they lost two hundred fifty grand out of the bat. They lose it every year. And they just absorbed it into the city budget, you know. But they would say, "Well, we're going to have a like a good neighbor day. We do. We did sixty five thousand dollars, and there was a hundred thousand people in there, and a lot of people brought lunches and stuff. But we sold sixty five thousand in food that day. And didn't you have like popcorn wagons? On good I had thirty two flatbed, well, four horse drawn popcorn wagons. They, you know, the real ones." Those red, old-fashioned ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Creators Popcorn Company made those things. And then I had 32 railway, flatbed railway express wagons set up for snow cones and drinks and popcorn and hmm. hot dogs. So we did $65,000. So the city buys me out. It thinks they can do a better job. They'd want us to go up on the hill the Boyne Amphitheater, there's going to be a bunch of people in the wintertime. It's going to be as big as Good Neighbor Day in the summer. I said, yeah, right. So anyway, we went and set up up there. 
Wait. I bought 30 cases of chili, sold four bowls. I mean, they, they would have run you all over the place just on a whim. Where was the Boeing Amphitheater? It was on the other side of the pavilion. So it was quite a walk from the amphitheater down there. Huh. See, like Montana Day, State Day, the Montana University comes in with their band and the governor, and they have Montana Day at the fair. Was this the grass area at the you walk east in the end of the park? Yeah, uh, yeah, clear at the end. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. That eastern tip of the island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred ten acres. The whole, the, the, the whole, whole park. Island. Yeah. Wayne wanted me to bid on it and doing the contract. So I goes in. And this is to develop all the landscaping, all the activities, you know, everything, the yeah. build out of yeah. Riverfront Park after Expo. Yeah, they said. And the North Bank, right? Well, I wanted to go on the North Bank, but uh, they didn't want me to. I want to build a fort on the North Bank and have the whole thing up to Carnation. But um, uh, up to the Carnation uh, building. building, yeah, yeah. And you're talking about because you've told me about this before. You imagined on the North Bank, kind of an old Western town. facade or town where you'd have uh, gates, fort, like an old Western style fort. Yeah, but you'd have a wall. blacksmith, and yep. you'd have horses and yeah. stuff to learn about leather shop. Sort of the pioneer West. Right. Mm -hmm. So in order to bid the thing, they called for bids to develop the park after. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I don't want to do it. Doc Luther kept coming out and his best friend was Wayne Guthrie, who was running for mayor and on the city council. So Joe Rosenfield, my old boss from the theaters, mm -hmm. they owned the theaters. He was on this advisory council to the park board. <laughs> so Wayne kept saying to Doc, you have Gary come in and they have Sega Foods that handles colleges and all these. So I goes in and I, I got a proposal on popcorn wagons and I got a little roll of blueprints. So I goes in to interview with the committee that's going to do it, choose who's going to run the concessions. Holy cow, Sega Foods has got five guys in their suits and their ties and briefcases and projectors and screens. And <laughs> and so I'm sitting there for over an hour. It has all come at the same time. Well, they went, and there's three big companies they make their presentation, and I'm sitting out there thinking, this ain't good. It's not going to be me. Why am I here? <laughs> I goes in, and I lay out my Charlie Russell theme and the horse-drawn wagons. And they said, well, I've seen enough. Let's vote. Mm -hmm. And they said, you got it. When did – because I thought you also – contacted the Texas company that designs for Six Flags to design sort of a Coney Island 
experience it was a Dallas. or style. I'm trying to think. Like you, you laid out plans for a giant Ferris wheel, like a permanent Ferris wheel, uh, a small roller coaster. Oh, uh, what's those tall things? Space oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It the had space a space needle. needle thing. It was like a pair to the Seattle Space Needle. Yeah. Spokane would have had one uh, in Riverfront Park. It was Six Flags over Texas uh, out of Dallas, and I went down there and talked to them, and and they made a proposal. They were going to put in over a million dollars to develop it. There Maybe were 318 was... people applied from Spokane, and two of us got in. To Expo. To Expo. Yeah. But after, so I feel like but, the but Charlie here, Russell stuff. But here's what happened. Mm-hmm. The Expo was Ohio Sports Services. We already uh, we said covered that. that. Came yeah. in, took it over. Mm-hmm. We were the only ones besides them. But I think on the timeline for the development of Riverfront Park, I think you came in, did the restaurant, and then... That went well, and they wanted you to develop the rest of the park. And that's when you contacted the Dallas company that designs for Six Flags. Because you had that whole plan from them that included the the pair or the twin to the Space Needle in Seattle. It had a giant Ferris wheel, a roller coaster, and it was meant to be kind of that Santa Monica Pier, Coney Island style to give, I don't know, young people in Spokane a place to go. It was exactly that. I thought there is no place for young people in Spokane. This would be in the heart of town, geared to young people, young teenagers, adults. Well, and what did you grow up with uh, west of town? It had the swimming pool, it had that old wooden roller coaster, and it was where the carousel was before it went downtown. What was that park called? Natatorium Park. That's right. And it's like you grew up, you were probably at the tail end of Nat Park. but Yeah, probably close. But it's like... In 57, we graduated, we went down there. During the 53 to 57... 54 to 57, after the Lilac Parade, we'd go to Nat Park. So they... All the band from all the schools and ta- towns that marched in the Lilac Parade. So, I mean, there was a place for young people to go and have fun, you know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like a tiny Silverwood oh. at, oh, for yeah. the time. And then they shut down Nat Park, and there wasn't really anywhere for young people to go to have fun. And uh, you were kind of trying to bring that back in, what, the late 70s? Yeah. They had a carousel down there in that park called the Loaf. Loaf. L-E-O-L-O-O-F. Yeah, carousel. And that was a big deal down there where they put it in storage. And then after the fair, they made they had a beer garden where that building is. They made the beer garden the right size to put the carousel in. And then they remodeled that? building Mm -hmm. yeah so whatever happened with the plan to uh create a new amusement park inside riverfront park there was a woman on that council 
the park board? Yeah, it said. Or the city council. City council. That city council said we're not giving up one square inch to this development you're talking about. Of grass. Of grass. I said, well, the kids are really going to enjoy that green grass. There's something special about it. You don't want to have something really great for the kids. It it would have been great. But didn't, didn't like, <laughs> ironically, uh, after Expo, you're doing the Charlie Russell restaurant. They were planting all the trees that have grown up beautifully in Riverfront Park, but they were planting all those young trees and a huge group of kids came through the park and they were snapping off the trees, pulling them out, throwing them in the river. Yep. Jeez. Broke them off. They had to redo them all. <laughs> One night I hear a ruckus. They go out and these kids are climbing up to the top of the canvas on the above the ice rink. Oh, there wasn't an ice rink then. Mm-hmm. The pavilion. Mm-hmm. Sliding down that thing, it was getting to where it deteriorate, and I was afraid they were going to fall through. So I talked them down off of there. It is late at night. I mean, they could have fell and it had been done for. They weren't going two at a time or three at a time. They were going one at a time. But still, the canvas is deteriorating. And the next year, they took it down. Left the cables with lights. We did sixty-five thousand one day. And the city took it over, bought us out. They did thirty thousand. They called up and said, "Did you do sixty thousand? Did you hold deposits?" And I said, "We did sixty thousand. That was the difference between private running it and the city running it." To continue this conversation between Justin and his grandfather Gary, check out episode ten of Can't Stop Moving. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and download so you don't miss a single episode. You can find Can't Stop Moving Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. Visit us at owensfarms.com and interact with us on Instagram at Modern Farmer USA.